Hello. Welcome to Manhound Sound Sessions. I'm your host, Bill Wardlow. My guest today, Travis Obermeyer. Travis is one of those guys that when he's around, you just can't help but have a good time. He and Jimmy Klepper came over together to each do an episode of the podcast. We just had a blast that day. The beers were flowing. The bullshit was a-flying. And I really enjoyed myself. So I'm just going to get right to it. Here's my interview with Travis Obermeyer. Hey, Travis. Welcome to the podcast, sir. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going well. How'd you get started playing? Well, I remember being, um, I was probably 12, 13 years old, and I remember listening to a lot of Neil Young and Jimi Hendrix and all that, and for some reason, I always liked to sing. I'd always be sitting there, and my mom would try to put me to sleep at night and like try to get me and my brother to go to bed, and I'd just be laying in my bed singing, she would yell at me like, Travis, stop singing. <laughs> and um and then one day I just wanted to play guitar and uh so I asked my mom, my stepdad at the time, I said uh, I wanted to play guitar. And so my stepdad he ended up buying me a and well, it was a, the first one I got was like a uh, little blue like I think it was my first act electric guitar from like Walmart or something. But and I started learning a couple of cover songs, learned like System of a Down on there and learned like a couple of different things. And then and then I started to, you know, figure out how to play stuff on my own. No one ever taught me how to play anything except for like maybe my neighbor, I think, who, who was also starting off on guitar. He taught me like a couple of different chords. So I started to put stuff together around like, you know, 13, 14 years old on my own. And like I didn't really know what to do or how to write since I didn't uh, know sheet music or anything like that. But, uh, and then Jimmy and I had hung out a couple of times. Uh, when that, that was about the same time that, that him and Thomas started actually writing songs. And uh, so then uh, him and I wrote a song together. That's Jimmy and Thomas from See You in the Funnies. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Jimmy and Thomas from See You in the Funnies. Um, definitely check them guys out. They're... Uh, Definitely worth checking out. Um, Hitching feels real hard. But yeah, so when I first started playing music, it was just uh, just the basics of me learning chords and trying, wanting to do something with it, but not knowing where I was going to go with it, basically. So did they put you on the track of... Well, I, I actually played with um, the Funnies for a little while. I kind of went my own way eventually. I was just doing harmonies and, you know, they wanted me to play bass and uh, <laughs> I just, I wasn't really into playing bass so much. And so like, well, if you're going to do harmonies, you need to at least have, you know, play an instrument maybe. So, and it just wasn't about playing bass and everything was kind of like all, all there already, you know? So I went my own way, started writing my own music. And um, of course I still write with Jimmy sometimes. And even then we, still wrote songs together when did you write your first song well my first song i want to say um was i was probably like 16 years old i think maybe 15 or 16 years old and i wrote this song um i remember some of the lyrics i'm not gonna quote them necessarily because but it was like, it was kind of an emo song because I was into that kind of stuff too at the time. It was an emo music and like, you know, <laughs> like uh, AFI and U The Used and all kinds of weird stuff. And, and um, so my first song was around then, about 13 years old, 14 years old. Um, and it was like, it was, it was okay, it was good, but then it only got better from there, I guess. Nice. What? When did you get in the direction that you're, where you're at now? Because it's very different from 
yeah, from the emo. It's stuff very that you're different talking about. From, from. I mean, I still write like Jimmy said. I still like. I like. I'll write sad songs, you know, because the fact that like that's there's something about the feeling that captures people's attention that makes them feel the same way because they've been through when you've been through a rough time um or a rough patch it's easier to feel connected to that than it is to like when you're happy and everyone's happy they're always feeling those same happy feelings so it's like well when you're sad you have a certain sad feeling to connect to to relate to um i don't know shortly after that about 14 years old 15 16 something like that i started to basically um, get in my head that I needed to write about real stuff and not about fictional stuff because we did, we did a lot of um, goofy hip hop stuff that was like almost fictional, you know, stuff that we come up with. And then when I started to like really write about stuff that was happening in my life, then I started to like feel a lot more confident about what I was saying and what I was singing and how I was singing it. And so like my vocals just got better as I was like actually putting my emotion and my heart into it. Nice. So when did you come around to the to the sound that you're well, playing when now? I, like, when I, I got comfortable with my hearing my own voice, um, I recorded my own voice and guitar several times. And I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to that because like, I really don't, like I would sit there in my room record for hours on end by myself and just, and I would get almost all the way through the song and just like, damn it. Now I got to redo it. I was like almost at the end of it. That's then, recording like, in general. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's when I first realized what it was all about. And so then I realized what I wanted my voice to sound like because I was hearing it over and over and over again. So I realized that like, okay, well, I know what I can do. I know. But at that point, I just still didn't even know what I could all the way do because I hadn't gotten that good yet. But it's a choice. You Yeah. You you purposely set out the sound the way you do. Yeah, yeah. I make I'm yeah, I definitely make I would say like I kinda like maybe put a little bit of a twang on it because like it's a unique sound. I've I, always liked I've always liked the so like my influences were like Neil Young and 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 um stuff like that. And like when I grew up I always wanted to like when I was listening when I was young, I always wanted to sound something sort of like Neil Young or something like that. And it's like, I don't want to try to sound like anybody else, but I want my direction of music to go in in, in my own, like, um, my own way. So. I think you're achieving that. I appreciate it, it's, that. It's unique and it's a, it's a different sound. I, you immediately go, well, that's Travis. I mean, is it like my voice that's just different or is, or is it just like... I just, you're your songwriting style and, and, and my voice and your voice. And yeah, it's a unique sound that, that it's, it's nice that you purposely set out to sound like that. Yeah. But I also subconsciously sound like that too, because well, like, I, mean, I know that some got so much choice, right? Really, sometimes I'll be sound. singing and I'll just be like, Whoa, you know, I didn't mean to sound so redneck, but I just do because I am. <laughs> <laughs> just because i am <laughs> what's your process for writing my process for writing man is uh, a lot of times like sometimes it'll just come with a simple joke with somebody i'll just be joking about something and like and that's what i that's what i love is like being able to um write something off of, off of a uh, a funny you know joke or something like that because a lot of times like i will write the guitar part first or i'll, I'll play I'll just, or i'll just like strum the guitar different chords whatever chords it may be try to put a melody to it without any words at all just hum something to it or just sing random words and then sometimes those random words will stick and i'll keep them and sometimes they just you know I don't like any of the words and I just like the melody. So I'll just kind of come up with different words and then I'll make that end up being something. But then sometimes I, you know, like, like you said, it's like not every, not everything's going to be a hundred percent good every time you write it. So it's like, but when I'm writing, I beat myself up and that's, I have, that's why I have I'll, like I have writer's block because of 
I'll like try to think of something good, but I'm overthinking it too much, you know? Right. And then I just won't end up, you know, end up stuck and not finishing it. So is that your typical process then to come up with, with yeah, my some chords? And it's then, usually and then... just like, I'll just, there, I've a couple of times I've written a poem and then put it to music. But most of the time it is just, just playing guitar and then just like matching the way my voice sounds to the guitar and then throwing words into that exact melody. And then whatever I like, I keep. And if I don't like it, then I just like write something else. Nice. So you mentioned writer's block. How, how do you get through that? Um, just throw the notebook on the ground and walk away for a little bit. And... <laughs> <laughs> you throw a complete fit and jump up and down. And... I mean, I don't, I don't get too like, I, I do get mad about it in my own head because I don't want to have writer's block. I'm like, I want to be able to write something good. Sometimes I just, but the, here lately I've been having a lot of luck with like just, I think it's just like when you go through certain phases in life, there's certain things to write about. There's, there's, there's more to write about if you go through more. But I mean, recently I've had like two or three good song ideas and one of them is pretty much all the way done. I just want to maybe put some finishing touches on it. And um, the mailbox. That's what I call that song, Mailbox. Um, it's just a, it's a uh, fictional story about, you know, an old guy, I feel like, that just, like, doesn't care anymore. And just, like, you know, he's, he's letting everything go, and he's just, and he's just, like, he's tired of hearing, hearing things about his old lady and old lady bitching at him. And <laughs> so where does that, that come from? Did you just... Just out make of thin up air. the character. It, it's just clear yeah, out of thin air. Just clear out thin air. I was I was hanging out at my friend's house and like was all a bit hungover and we was hanging out in the living room and I saw a bunch of people still sleeping on the floor and I started you know just kind of messing around on these chords you know they're like simple easy chords you know that I play all the time just in a different way and um. So I said that I said one line, and after that, after that one line, I just kind of went on from there. And after that song, I've written a couple more that are almost done too. And um, it kind of makes me really happy that I've I've got past the writer's block in the past couple months because it really sucks when you want to play something and you want to do something and you can't. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that really sucks. But it's in you know, overall. I have fun with it, so that's that's the main thing. That is the main thing. Let's take a break and have you play uh, Mailbox. All right. I never go to check my mailbox. There ain't never nothing good in my newspaper's piled on the sidewalk But I'm too tired to care My girlfriend's been talking my ear off And I'm wishing that she was in there She's telling me to shave my beard off Maybe that'll get her out of my hair Her dog's been shitting in my litter box So the cat's been pissing on the stairs But I'm cracking another beer and burn one Thinking about how life's not fair Job ain't getting any easier And this project is stressing my mind And I ain't gonna get any sleep tonight Unless I know that it's been done right And I got another bill to pay now And you're threatening to turn off my lies And it's better if I never get a letter from The government trying to take my life But life's not fair Life's not fair I don't care Life's not fair Life's not fair I don't care Life's not fair 
song man thank you very much that's some funny shit actually <laughs> yeah yeah that that one actually um like i said just came kind of naturally it's very easy i don't i don't like to take a whole lot of credit for it just because it's like i mean i know it's my song but i wrote it super quick <laughs> uh valerie june i've never heard of valerie june she is a great songwriter and I've from? heard her in interview. Uh, I think she's from Tennessee. She did. She did not her last record, but the record before that, she did with uh, Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys. Okay. Great record. Like every song on it is great. But she said the same kind of thing. All her songs just come to her. She doesn't sit down and write them. Somebody just hands them to her. This yeah. is what I'm supposed to do now. Well, if I might add, um, another process to writing, I will say, is that I've, I've been hanging out with a lot of the same people for years now. And I'll hear certain people say things. And I will use them as one-liners in my songs. Or even Jimmy Clipper. He has sat down and helped me write some lyrics to some of my songs, too. He's kind of been a ghostwriter in some of my songs. And I don't even think a lot of people really know unless I tell them, which I've told most people what lines he's written. But he's he's uh, also good at, um, you know, putting things together in the right order. And, and like, too, if, if there's too many syllables, if there's not enough syllables. He's very know. good at putting things together. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of projects have you had in the past is it i know you said you played with the funnies a little bit yeah well my has it just been travis obermeyer since um okay so well i played with the traveling jam off and on i was going to practice with them for a while um i really actually enjoy playing with them and they do a lot of different covers and some originals of their own, but um, and which which uh, Jeff Couch and and Bob Russell, you know, they have their own originals that they write. I can imagine that's a lot of fun. Those, those guys are really good. Yeah, I like playing with them, and they they, they are good. They 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 got they almost bring them back uh, local bluegrass, you know, and um besides Rumpke Mountain Boys, but you know they're a whole different kind of bluegrass. It's more like the, it's more um like a like Rumpke's like trash grass and they're kind of like, you know, just decent garbage grass, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and um <laughs> And um so but I love them to death. Um and they play my songs with me. Um and I play, you know, or I'll play songs with them that are mine. Yeah, I need to get a hold of the, some of the Rumpke Mountain guys. And, yeah. And get them on. I've been meaning to reach out to Bob as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that that could definitely happen. Talk to the right person. Um, so yeah. Uh, and, um, basically the projects I've worked on were mainly just my own stuff, but the things that I let get out of the way were pretty much like recordings that I haven't finished yet. Now I went to, um, Sonic Lounge, and uh, recorded with Joe Beers, and we did a song, Jimmy Clipper and I did, um, and Jason Hubbard and Josh Connickley got on there too, and um, Josh did the electric, um, what's it, um, lead guitar, Jimmy did harmonies with me, and um, Jason did drums, 
and we never finished it yet because I couldn't go back there and and um. I've heard those recordings. They sound really good. Yeah, you heard the waste my life away like a pre sneak preview one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't even know I where to find that right now. To me and you sent me. You yeah. Sent me some okay. MP3s. I did. You still have it? I believe so. Okay, that's cool because I can't even find it. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no. Um, my my. Okay, if we're if we're still talking about projects here, the only projects I have are me sitting down outside my tent in the backyard writing stuff on paper and just trying to write something new with this new guitar that I got, which shout out to Duke veteran for getting me a new guitar as a gift. All right, Duke. Appreciate you. So that's what you're up to now. You don't have really any recordings out. The recordings that I have are, I got Murphy. It's on YouTube song called Murphy. Uh, and, um, that involves Jimmy Klepper, Jason Hubbard, Thomas Lawrence, all from the funnies. Josh helped choreograph it all. And then we also have, um, Bob, Bob did, uh, Dobro. And then we had, uh, Dan Vito on the bass and Mason did some, uh, percussion, Mason Thomas. Um, Lamont Marshall uh, was the one who recorded it. We actually had, it was an interesting day for that song because the power went out because of some storm. And so we had no way to, we're like, what are we going to do? And like, I don't know if their electric got cut off because of the storm. It was storming, but I don't know why the neighbor had electric, but we ran extension cord from over at Sonny's vape shop <laughs> over to Lamont's and plugged in everything. And that's over at Sugarfoot. Yeah. Sugarfoot at, Productions. At yeah. The music store over there. He, he's definitely um, moved. I don't know if he's actually got a studio set up yet again, but he had to move out of there. But we had a, uh, a really, I felt like it was my birthday that day in the studio. I don't know why, but I was just feeling really good about that day. And, um, but the song itself, um, uh, I wrote it about this guy that we met in Michigan. It was actually not just about one guy. It was about several people, but it was also, and it pertains to myself too. And, and like the chorus when I'm talking about being, you know, just being like my own person and doing whatever the hell I want. And, um, when we first met the guy, Murphy, who the songs originally, I guess, started to be about, was we were standing around the fire at uh, this campsite that we were at in um, Illinois. And we were standing out there. We, Jimmy and all them, the funnies, were supposed to play a show at Portage Theater. And it got canceled for whatever reason. It was just out of the blue, got canceled. While we tried to show up and set up and everything. And... and the doors were just closed and locked, you know, and nobody could get in. And like, they talked to some people and then they like gave us all some little rinky dink, like little gifts for just having to deal with it, I guess. And, um, so we left, went back and they were already supposed to play at the campground too. So the funnies go to play at the campground and, um, we're out there playing and, um, hanging out and, we're hanging by the fire. This this kid comes up. He's got these. I mean, he's got a ridiculous head full of dreads and like upside down cross tattooed on his forehead, and bottle caps are folded all up inside of his dreads. And he just was like one of those dudes that you know hops trains for you know forever. And um, so like he come up and stood by the fire, and he's a short little motherfucker. And Jimmy just looks at him and goes, "Hey, what's your name, Murphy?" And he goes, my name's not Murphy. <laughs> my name's Dan. <laughs> so, so then we just started calling him Murphy. And uh, <laughs> and so that explains, I mean, I'm pretty much telling the entire story that I say in the song, that I sing in the song. But, um, and so 
as time moves on, well, let's just let's just talk about this Murphy guy for a second. <laughs> so a couple days later, after we we're still there, everybody had left. Me and or should I say Tyler and I were still there. And we decided to stay an extra night. And Murphy um wanted to come back ride with us to Ohio because he wanted to go to Skatopia. And I was like, you ain't right. There ain't no room, dude. Like, we got a Miata, bro. You can't come with us. He's like, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll fit. That's fine, dude. I'll fit. And Tyler's like, no, you won't fit. You're not going to fit. I'm not letting you fit in my car. <laughs> and like, he's like, so then he went over and stuck his head in the cooler of this 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 lady's cooler. He was like, he was like calling her mom and shit. And he didn't even know her that well. He was like, hey, mom, I stick my head in your cooler. And he like opens the cooler, sticks his head in there. She's like, get your dirty ass, nasty hair out of my cooler. So then, uh, yeah, we left that weekend. It was it was it was a miserable ride home. We're not gonna get too much into that, but uh, so the second verse of that song was about another guy that I met in Colorado. While we was hiking up the mountain, me and Thomas Lawrence's brother, Chris Lawrence, which I miss you, buddy. Um, we were hiking up the hill, and this New Yorkian dude, he was like skinny as me, probably can't see me right now, but uh, he was pretty skinny. And he was walking up the mountain with us, and he was like, you guys got plenty of water? And I was like, we got like two gallons. Like, well, you're going to need more than that. And we're like, all right. And he tells us his name was Victor. Then like a, a week or not even a week later, he's like showing us his um, thing he got from a job interview or something that he got back from them and it had his full name on it. His name was Richard. So I was like, your name's not even Richard, motherfucker. Your name is Victor. I'm like, you're lying. Because he he was like lying to us a couple times just trying to be cool. So anyway, I'm going to shorten this up by saying the song is about people who aren't really the people who we thought they were or said they were. And then it turns into being, you know, a really heartfelt song if you really listen to the to the chorus. It's all fun and games until... yeah. All funny games until someone calls you the wrong until name. Until Dick becomes Victor. <laughs> <laughs> because Dick can be Richard, but not Victor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break and have a listen to Murphy. All right.
Thank you very That's much. That's some funny shit, especially after hearing the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That uh, that whole uh, weekend that I wrote that song about was an interesting weekend. Like I said, uh, we it was a long drive home. I'll tell you that. I was very dehydrated. Um, had a panic attack. And uh, it took us 11 hours to get from Chicago to Cincinnati, which is... Like a four-hour drive. Yeah, it doesn't take that long. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned writing with Jimmy. Yeah. Do you write with anybody else? Um, I have. Um, I think a lot of the people that I've written with, um, it's been very minuscule amount of writing, but Jimmy is. The only person I've actually like kind of written like full songs with and gotten things done, because we, like I said, we've done we've done a lot of hip hop back in the day too, and that was some of my favorite stuff we did. And Thomas Lawrence, I've written uh, I, well, I wrote a song with him that Jimmy helped out on writing lyrics with as well. Um, and every time Thomas is around and. He just plays, you know, the guitar, the rhythm, and and I'll do the vocals and sing stuff. Um, There's something to be said about finishing stuff. Yeah, I know. It's it's uh. That's always the hard part. The thing is, it's like I'll I'll jump to another song because I'll be I'll get so tired of writing and trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with that one song. So I just like take a break from it and move on to a different one, and I'll like the other one better, and then not finish the other one or something like that. You know. I find lots of projects in general that that people start working on just never get finished. It's all part of songwriting now, man. You're like, and you probably know that as well. I mean, right. Well, it's part of songwriting. It's start, part of recording. Yeah. It's, it's just a part Definitely. of all of it, but I don't want it to be something that's not, that's not, um, like if I don't think it's good in my ears, I don't think other people are going to like it, but I'm wrong about that sometimes because I don't really need to be, it doesn't have to sound great to me. To, I just, I need to be, it needs to sound like myself, but 
I want other people to be able to like, you know, listen to it and not have to pick it apart, you know? Right. Well, some of the stuff that I find that some of the stuff that, that, that people write isn't necessarily the stuff that they like, isn't necessarily what other people like. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a thing because, like, you ever go on YouTube and you look at the comments on some people's music, it's like, you know, people are being nasty and hateful. And guess what? There's what, 100 million likes and 36 dislikes. So those people can just go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's welcome to their opinion. Right. But. But in my opinion, I I don't I see any reason to, to be to nasty because <laughs> somebody put out a piece of art. It, it it's yeah. it's pretty shitty to get nasty over somebody else's piece of art. Yeah, if you don't if you like, don't it, like just it, don't, you don't, listen, just don't to listen to it. it you know, <laughs> that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. So, how do you find the time to write? Well, I think how I find the time is when. Um, what I do is if when I'm not working, which I, I work different kinds of, you know, jobs. I just it's just day labor stuff and like um, with doing roofing. And I've been I've done carpet for six years. So when I have time when I'm off work, I'll just sit there and I'll just write something that there's be certain moods where I'm in where like, uh, I, I don't think I can really write something. But I do want to play my guitar. There was times where I'll sit there and I'll find, like, the motive. Like, there'll be something in me that just comes out. And like I said, it comes out of thin air sometimes. Like, I don't even know where it comes from, but I just am able to do it. And, um, but I, I think I find it all um, through other influences through music. It's like, like, I'll listen to something and I'll just be like, oh, that's that's really cool. Like maybe I should do something similar to that, but I'll try not to like also be the same exact way because you know, nobody wants to rip somebody else's music off. But, but that's the whole, the the point of music is to influence and um, help people create new ideas about whether it's not, whether or not it's music or their life. Um, So I've kind of turned that into being able to make my own my own thing out of what I've heard. Do you have any kind of regiment? Like, do you have a, I'm going to set down and write songs at this time? No, nope, I don't. Never it's set just, any it's time? Just whenever it comes to me, like, there's a lot of times I'll, I'll, like, be, like, kind of buzzed or whatever, and I'll get it. I'll get kind of, like, this thing about me where I'm like, I need to play some music because I, I know that, people here will like it and they've never heard it but i don't know what like why that gives me so much joy for someone else to hear my music that i think it's because i know that they can relate and when someone else relates to it or cries and listening to it it makes me feel good because i know they're feeling the same thing when they hear it or they're like going through the same thing it's so, pretty awesome to move somebody emotionally yeah it's a good feeling yeah and that's one of the main reasons i do it is because it, it, well, it it makes me feel good that other people feel good, or that they can like just kind of get real sappy <laughs> and understand it, you know. Right. Where do you find that happen most? Um, like I know you play a lot of you play a lot of parties and a lot of a lot of get-togethers. You also yeah. do a lot of bar gigs. Yeah, we played a lot of uh, a lot of different get-togethers, and I'd say I think most of my influence comes from um, like the, the where I find it where I find it actually happening at is when I'm alone, I have no distractions. You know, I can sit there all I want and and play music that I already have written or know about, you know, and just play that all day long, but. To actually sit down and write a song, I have to be really thinking about something without somebody saying, hey, hey, what are you doing? Or, hey, you know, ask me a question. 
So like, and I'm always around people. So that's, that's a big deal for me. It's like when I'm alone, that's my songwriting time. And I just recently, um, you know, I got this guitar. So it's like, before that, I didn't really like have the motive to, you know, to try to even write anything because I didn't have a guitar. Like I could write poems, I guess, all I want. But, but now that I can sit down and just make a sound, um, past couple weeks it's been I just been really trying at, at it and it's usually when I'm not around the people and if I'm around other musicians who write and are good um with um sitting there and listening and not distracting me at the same time then I can do it I can write songs and I can relate to what they want to say too because like Jimmy and I we write songs together sometimes it's like but it's like like there's nobody else I'd rather do it with, I don't think, because it's just too much distraction when it's one other person around you. Right. You can't get everybody focused on Yeah. It's like I I can't I can't hear somebody in the background talking to someone else and laughing and joking while I'm trying to like really put something together. How do you deal with that at gigs? Well, if I like I said, if I've already got it. If it's already there, for if it's already written, I mean, I I find it a problem to perform at a gig when somebody's on the phone and well, I just Facebook. I block that all out. I I act like no one's there, um, because half time my eyes are closed anyway when I'm singing. So, and I so you're it, not worried about what's going on. In the I'm, room I don't anyway. care. If, I mean, I want to, <laughs> I want people to relate and hear it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. But if I'm not. If I'm just standing up there and singing and all these people are, I know that there was at least one person, at least one person out there who's really sitting there paying attention and listening and getting and getting what they need from it. And I'm getting what I need from giving it to them because it's a whole, um, it's, a, it's a universal language music is. And if you got it right, you know, you know how to, you know how to channel that, that, the music the right way then other people will you could play just a certain uh variety of chords and people will feel that same way that you do because you're just given that that feeling it's a the, feeling the back and forth makes it all worth it don't yeah it? so we got one more song coming up it's red river love tell me about that <clears throat> well Red River Love is a a song that it it kind of stemmed from Redwood Red River Gorge is a place that we all love to go to and you know just hike and climb and get a little buzzed and just yell and howl at the moon and all that so and uh, it's one of the places I end up going to a lot. It's in Kentucky. I'm sure a lot of you've heard of it. It's out in Slade, Kentucky. Um, we ended up uh, one night going out onto a uh, a ridge called uh, Chimney Rock, and we went out there. We took laptop and some uh, instruments, and you know the keyboard and all that. We were sitting there playing music, and and uh, I. We kind of had like a a bunch of random jams going on, which are recorded somewhere, which are actually pretty cool. Um, because we recorded them there, and then by the end of the night, I kind of like took it all serious, and t- it was like I was kind of getting my own mind a little bit, like about about life and about um things and. So I decided to write this song about the place, the Red River Gorge, but it also veers off into, once again, my own life kind of uh, encounters. And um, and this is, once again, another one, a couple of the, a couple of the lyrics that Jimmy helped me out with. And um, you just never know what life is going to bring you. And, that place has actually gave given me a lot of comfort and a lot of uh, 
it's almost like my home away from home. Like I feel like I was in my own backyard. So the song basically represents us being us being free and not having to worry about nothing and you know having having the love for nature and the love that nature gives back to you without you even noticing and I I, I guess I you know didn't want to get too far into it but when when your mind's a little twisted and bent you get to see the real true bright things of of what the universe has to offer and that's one of the most beautiful places I've been to so that's what that song revolves around and I think we we uh we we kind of you know that weekend was a major reason for me to um write a good song and it just it just like I said it just it just came out of all of us just being together and there was not a bad moment there was not a bad anything nice well let's have a listen all right cool You realize there's more 
Good stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, little rapid fire questioning. What's your influences? My influence? Jimmy Clipper. You... <laughs> uh, no, you said Neil Young. Neil Young has always been one of them. For some reason, I feel like The Grateful Dead is like one of my favorite bands, and so is Pink Floyd. It's between those two. And don't sound nothing like them, but they have definitely influenced me to want to play music, I guess. And I think that there's a little bit of something in that um, that makes me want to continue playing the way I do. And then there's also, you know, like Ben Queller. He's really good. Uh, really, like... And then uh, I would want to say, like, Band of Horses and um, Dr. Dog... Let's say uh, even some bluegrass folks too, like Travel McCurries and stuff. Like Bill, Billy Strings has been an influence on me, even though he's only been out for so long. Like I feel like I, you know, one of my songs derived from that. I think you know from just listening to him. He's, so he's got a definite unique sound. Yeah, I like Tyler Childers a lot too, but. I don't think that anything, any of my, none of my music sounds like any of the people that I've named off, but they definitely all give me that um, sense of comfort in um, what I'm playing. Nice. Nice. So who's your favorite local bands? Favorite local band? I mean, I definitely want to say See You in the Funnies because I don't know any other local band that's any better than them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, they definitely leave you with the song stuck in your head every day. <laughs> nice. I can definitely see that. What's your favorite venue to play? Favorite venue? My favorite venue I've played at personally was. Hmm. I like Stanley's a lot, but I played there a lot. Um, I haven't played a whole lot of bigger venues, but I would think that uh, my favorite place would probably be, yeah, it'd probably be Stanley's, just because there's a lot of 
there's a lot of uh, good talent in there, a lot of good people, and um, they're not just there to party most time. They're there to, to enjoy the music, and I've seen a lot of good uh, music and met a lot of good people. The crowd is always awesome. Um, so shout out to Stanley's for keeping it real because they know exactly how to do it when it comes to bringing people. So it's like, you know, you pick and choose whether or not these people are going to play here and they've done a good job so far not having, you know, the wrong people play there or not necessarily yeah. wrong people, but, the, you know, for our, our kind of crowd. Um. I, I mean, I, I'll say I played in a few different places that are not like anything like that, but I played in Nashville, this rinky dink bar down there, and it was like, it just wasn't even nowhere near compared to anywhere I played out here. I definitely dig Ohio. Um, I'd like to play other places, but um, my <clears throat> alongside of the favorite venue, my favorite place so far has been Ohio. I mean, I played it. I played in Colorado and I liked, you know, I liked where I was at. I liked the people, but I don't think that it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't homey enough for me, you know, so. Yeah. Well, Stanley's Pub, Watering Hole. There you go. What's the best song you've written? To me, the best song I've written? I think might be Red River Love, honestly. <clears throat> That's, I mean, I can't, unless someone else has something else to say about it, but um, I think that's one of my best songs. Not my favorite to play. I mean, I like playing it. I love getting into it, but um, I try to, I, I, I think that the happier songs and stuff I, that I write are the more uppity, whatever you want to call it. Those kind of songs are really like they get everybody going, but like to me, it's most important when when the crowd's quiet and no one's saying shit because they're just fucking sitting there listening. Yeah, and they're really listening to what I'm saying, and so I think Red River Love really captures the audience, and I think that's why my because it's a it's a feel it's a about feeling your your whole self about you know where you're at in life and wh like why you're here what you're doing and so I think that that's definitely one of my favorite ones myself especially to play I think it's fun to play good deal where can people find you at well if you want to find me you just come in the backyard thirty seven seventy State Route 132. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to find me, um, you can go on Facebook, type in my my full name. It's Travis Obermeyer. Um, not, not with a V, with a B as in boy. Um, I've got a bunch of random stuff on there and i've got one good recorded one which is kind of sad for me to say because i've been playing for way too long for that to happen but i'm working on it um i've also got some stuff in the works too that you know if thomas will release it here soon or maybe mix it down <clears throat> we've got uh some hip-hop stuff so nice. and was well, a mixture between hip-hop and r&b so it's it's me it's me uh you know singing and and rapping and stuff as you would call it but uh but yeah you can find me on uh, YouTube and other than that you can't find me on anywhere else unless it's Facebook. Nice. Thanks for coming out. No, thank you for having me, man. I, appreciate I really appreciate it. It's been I a really good time. Do. Yeah, it was a great time. Thanks for sticking around till the end. Like I said, I had an absolute blast that day. It was a really good time. 
Be sure and check out the next episode. My guest will be Jimmy Klepper from See You in the Funnies. If you'd like to talk about the show or book some studio time, you can get a hold of me at manhoundsound at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Please stop by and give us a like. Until next time, I'm Bill Wardlow. This has been Manhound Sound Sessions.